And I have to say, Vaughn, it was like a light bulb went off. In fact, the ladies over there still to this day say Karen's epiphany was like that profound at all. Like they could see this light bulb go off. When I realized the only one stopping me was me. And I actually found that empowering because I could change me. What I was waiting for before were other things to change for me to have more time, for me to feel like I had the money, for me to feel like other people would, you know. And and when I changed my perspective that I could change me, I, I was stopping me, I could stop that and change and do it. Then I started looking for how I could do it instead of all the ways I it was not working. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Man, oh man, I'm so excited for you to hear from today's guest. It's the beginning of November already. (laughs) So as we head into what can be an overwhelmingly busy season with tons of competing priorities, I want you to think about something. Are you wearing busyness as a badge of honor? I do. I do it all the time. I am so often overwhelmed by all the balls I'm trying to keep in the air. But here's the thing. I have a choice in the matter. I'm the one who's in charge of my schedule. I mean, yes, there are fires to put out that come from just living, but mostly I'm creating all the busyness. I'm creating all the overwhelm. Today, I'm talking to Karen Briscoe. Karen left her early career in corporate real estate to raise a family, and it was a choice she never regretted. But when her youngest left for college, she felt compelled to go back to work full time, this time in residential real estate, where she proceeded to build an enormously successful business in her 50s and is the principal owner of the Huckabee Briscoe Conroy Group with Keller Williams, which has been recognized by the Wall Street Journal as one of the 250 top realtor teams in the United States. Guys, she did this in her 50s. So here's the thing, in her personal life, she was enjoying good health for her age, business success, a long and happy marriage to her husband Andy and two healthy, well-established kids, yet there still never seemed to be enough time or money. Hmm, sound familiar? She felt as though there was something more that was hers to do. You see, busy had become a competitive arena, a badge of honor for her. And she felt a calling to do something bigger than her real estate business. People were encouraging her to write a book, but she told herself, eh, she was too busy. Then she had an epiphany and realized that the only thing truly stopping her was herself. So she went on to write her first book, which is a business book called Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day, Secrets of a Top Agent Revealed. 
And she has since taken her five-minute success concept to multiple platforms, including several business books, a podcast, and a Facebook community. And she's just getting started. I can't wait for you to meet her. I'll tell you now, her energy is off the hook. So you might want to get yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to take some notes. Seriously, she's got some juicy tidbits in here. So without further ado, here's Karen Briscoe. Let's go. Karen, thank you so much for being here with me today. Well, I'm thrilled to be with the late bloomer community because I, I think I would categorize myself as that. Although other people said I always had it in me and I'm like, really? I didn't see that. But I'm, 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 I find that uh, this is a great season of life and I'm really looking forward to visiting with you more about it. I am so excited. I love your story. I mean, you, um, I know you had, you, you got a master's degree, right? And did. in business. And then did, was that was before you raised your kids? I was coming after undergrad, I went to work in commercial real estate in Dallas and started my degree at night and uh, as a single person and then married and started having children and realized that if you don't finish a graduate degree program, <laughs> at some point they, you know, start dropping the classes and I'm like, oh, oops, I guess I better focus. Uh, so I did kind of change it a little bit. It's actually a combination of a business and, and theological school because I, I thought at one point I had a calling to go into the ministry and just finished it um, by the chin of my chinny chin chin because my our, my husband's career took us from Dallas to the DC metro area, which we've been since so 27 years plus. And so I like to say I have this really unusual <laughs> background, but it's turned out to be really beneficial for my profession because I'm what many people know as a mega real estate agent, which is I run a team and I sell a lot of houses and there is a lot of service. To say yeah. the least, right? <laughs> there, there's a lot of service associated with helping people through what is often their largest transaction. And many times there's a lot of counseling that's involved. In fact, the other day I had this buyer call me and she goes, okay, I know you're not my counselor, but I need you to help me through this. <laughs> so I, I felt like I talked her through a number of things. She goes, okay, I just feel better just talking with you. So I feel like I still have a lot of opportunity uh, for helping people and being of service. At the same time, having a really strong background in business and negotiations and market knowledge and strategy, which comes out of my business background. So I, I like to say I have the, those of you that remember those Sears commercials, you know, the hard and soft side of Sears, I have the hard and soft side of real estate. <laughs> so it, it turned out to be a great, you know, like I said, a combination of the, for me to, but I, I took many years, I say took, I invested many years of being a stay-at-home mom and mostly because my husband's career required a great deal of travel and and I just couldn't figure it out. And I also, my mom worked and so I was kind of like, I want at least to, for me to be home, although I never felt like it was my skill set. I It was always like, not um, where I felt called to be, although I'm glad I did. There's no regrets. So that's right. one of the, I'm sure you've read or heard of the book, The Five Regrets of the Dying. Um, one of the regrets is, you know, I wish I would have done this or spent more time with people. I feel like I did that and I feel very blessed to do that. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel you there. I, I definitely having kids was, um, a, a transitory or, you know, transitional moment for me, uh, and really had me rethink my values and what I was doing. And, uh, I, I was able to take like the first couple of years of being a mom and, and I was able to work from home a little bit because financially I need to work, but, um, it was, I'm so glad that that's the route that I took the, and then taking the time, like to figure out what I could do so that I could have a more flexible career to be home with them. For me, that was, that was a huge um, part of my, my decision-making into, you know, starting a photography business and, um, and going into that was, there was flexibility, you know, um, and it made and a huge difference. That, that is part of what drew me into residential real estate. I will, I went to a woman's college in the late seventies, early eighties, and it was very much impressed upon us that it was our duty to be out there in the workforce and showing, you know, what women could do. And, and I felt very conflicted and I felt very guilty that I wasn't using my degrees. And so the message I what like to share with women in particular, although it, it could be the same message for men is that if I had known then what I know now that I was going to be this successful, I was going to have all these opportunities. I think I could have rested in that time. Mm. Instead, I was like, hurry up, grow up, get to school so I can get back into work. And I, what I, the message I want to share, and I think is very valuable for your late bloomer community is, is that I have found and known people that could start at any time, myself included, and still achieve a great level of success. And so I think that some of our society's perceptions of if you if you step out of the workforce at a high level or full-time level to, to these other opportunities that you're going to be sacrificing, you know, future opportunities. Um, and I guess that's possible. It could happen. I have seen just as much on the other side of people who have been able to uh, find a way to find a profession or some some area feel that they can st do and still feel like they can um, take that time off if they, they want to or need to. So right. that's one of the messages that uh, you pointed out by Rosie the Riveter poster is like, if I could do it, you can too. I, I didn't go back to work full time until my the year my son graduated from high school. So I had a lot of years out of the workforce, right? And well, I mean, 18, um, effectively. Um, I did some part-time things along the way, but full-time work, I had 18 years out of the workforce and wow. then went where did there. you feel really intimidated about going back in or were you just so ready to go that you were just like, I, I'm ready. I'm chomping at the bit. Let's go. <laughs> well, I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> um, it was interesting. It, it, that's a very good question. Thank you. Uh, certainly lots to learn and a lot to embrace, like on technology. Mm. Uh, you know, I could say back in the day, you know, we used to write, you know, messages on those uh, notepads that had, you know, three carbon copies and people, I mean, there wasn't emails, there wasn't, you know, all this. So there was a lot of technology to learn, but I chose to embrace it yeah. and to just run towards it and to, and, 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 um, and grow and just learn and grow and just, just to submerse myself. And I, I have found that to be very beneficial uh, because I do see that as something that 
impacts people as they age. Uh, if they miss key <laughs> aspects of technology or just market factors, uh, then then oftentimes that is what's limiting. It's not them limiting um, unless they're they're choosing not to embrace it. Um, and I, I I find that you can do that, right? You can choose to do it. I choose to surround myself with everybody younger than me because I want them to teach me how to stay current and relevant. And, yeah, there's um, really something to be said for that whole um, cross-generational uh, mentoring, right? The, like We have things that we could definitely learn, especially about tech from the younger generation. And then we've got a wealth of things that we can share with them, you know, so love to see that kind of thing. So you're, you're surrounding yourself by the youth to, to help you along that journey. It, it's, it's tricky. Like I talked to so many people, so many friends who don't embrace the technology and I, I do not consider myself to be techie in any way, shape or form, but I, but I dig in. And try to, if I, if I, I know that if I want something, I have to, I have to dig in, I have to figure it out, you know? Yes. And I point out how it could be better. I give this example. Our son is in his early thirties. So he's a classic millennial. I'm a classic baby boomer. And about five or six years ago, he wanted to pay me back some money owed me. And he, I said, well, just give me a check or give me cash. He goes, mom, we don't carry checks or cash on Venmo, you know, like, oh my God, what's Venmo? One more thing I have to do, you know, I really didn't have a very positive attitude about it, but I wanted to get paid back. So I figured out how to Venmo and my husband and I own a number of rental properties and I had this aha. Well, if I use Venmo now, it's very prevalent now, but you have to think back to five or six years ago when it was right. very new or even seven years ago. If, if I use Venmo for my tenants to pay my rent or just some sort of cash transfer, right, that I don't have to wait for the check to be mailed, go to the bank with the check. I mean, just think about all that all and the time. That, right. Yeah. And the, we, my husband and I were, so I set everybody up on Venmo and I really experienced the benefits of it when we were traveling in Europe and I'm sitting there at a computer on a river cruise moving my rental money. And I was like, that's when I we developed this philosophy in our my business and our family and life is that it could be like Venmo, it could be better. So oh, it was like so that. much better. It yeah. wasn't just different. It wasn't just incrementally better. It was exponentially better. It was so much better. And so I look at it now. It's like, well, this could be better. And so I'm going to look for the ways it could be better. And so I'm. That's one of the. Th ways I look at things uh, when something new is coming my way and you know there's always the resistance like oh my gosh one more thing you know I don't um why can't people go back to the way it used to be and all that stuff I do that too I'm a little bit it can be a little bit of a curmudgeon but I look at it and I go, okay I almost didn't do Venmo and I see how much Venmo has benefited my life so I'm going to look at what that could be for this new thing that's being um I love that uh, I love that and it seems to me that that is kind of everything that that's the way you operate. You, you, you are somebody who, who just continually is looking for that kind of outlook, right? I guess that you could call it the growth mindset. Um, you know, do, would you, would you put yourself in that category? Yes, it really is. Yeah. There's a, there's a quote. Um, I think it's Wayne Dyer. I'm going to say change the way you look at things 
and the way you look at things changes. So I changed mm-hmm. the way I look at Venmo. And then the way I looked at Venmo changed because then I started to see, okay, well, yeah, that was easy. I, I, so what other things could I do that would, and so the interesting thing is though, people want things to change and then they say, oh, then I could be optimistic or then I could look and see how it would work. Mm. If you really drill down it's us that change. It's me that changes first. I change the way I look at things. So I choose to see it that way. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes apparent to me. My mind is blowing up right now. So I have questions for you. So yes. because, because I was looking at, I, I went back and looked at a bit of your, your um, short TEDx talk. And so that's coming to my mind. But also um, I was listening to another podcast that you were on and you were talking about you know, you, you've got this, this storied career in real estate at this point, right? And you, you got to a certain point, lots of success. People are telling you to write a book. You're thinking to write a book. And very much like when I thought about doing this podcast, I had the idea, super excited about it, but I kept putting it off wow. because I, kept, I had reasons. I had reasons. I was so busy. I didn't, you know, I, I, I don't know how to produce a podcast. I don't have the money to, lots of, lots of excuses, right? Um, so I, I, I was kind of like, it heartened me to hear that you had that same experience in writing your first book that you put it off. Um, so I want to know what did you do? What did you do to flip that? Switch? What changed? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, that is, thank you for bringing that up. So the, I was in a women's coaching program. I'd been in a number of coaching programs, you know, productivity coaching and business coaching. And, and this one was actually life coaching. And I was with a group of women and we'd been together for about six or eight months. And then we went on a retreat and we were each supposed to bring something that we really wanted to deep dive about. And I said, okay, the book, everybody's been telling me over and over again, I should write a book. And I had the classic (laughs) resistance of, I don't have enough time or money. And on the last day of the retreat, We were each supposed to share what was stopping us from doing what we said we wanted to do. And I have to say, Yvonne, it was like a light bulb went off. In fact, the ladies that were there still to this day say Karen's epiphany was like that profound. It all like they could see this light bulb go off. When I realized the only one stopping me was me. And I actually found that empowering Mm -hmm. because I could change me. What I was waiting for before were other things to change for me to have more time, for me to feel like I had the money, for me to feel like other people would, you know, and, and when I changed my perspective that I could change me, I, I was stopping me. I could stop that and change and do it. Then I started looking for how I could do it instead of all the ways I, it was not working. And that led to a couple of other epiphanies. The, uh, I was reading a book by Gretchen Rubin called Better Than Before. She mm. wrote The Happiness Project yeah. and she studied what makes people happy. And what she found in that research was that, well, people knew what would make them happy, but they didn't do it. And she's like, well, why not? <laughs> I mean, you, you know what would make you happy, but you're not doing it. And so she's like, well, maybe people just need some strategies and skills, some habits. So she created, she wrote this other book called Better Than Before. So I got one habit out of that book that really impacted my life. And that was the habit of 
getting up an hour earlier by using the daylight savings time time hack, which was coming up. I, this all happened like September, October. What I, I've discovered, I've read, I, people are going to say, yeah, but what if it isn't October and there's not a daylight savings time time hack? And I'm like, you actually time hack yourself every time you travel through a time zone. So people time hack themselves all the time. So please, you do not have to wait. You could start today and time hack yourself. So I'm like, okay, that's how I'm going to create the time. I'm going to get up an hour earlier, a non-professed morning person at the time. I'm going to get up an hour earlier. I'm going to devote that to, to writing my book. The other thing that happened, kind of like what you were saying about you want, you knew you felt this calling to, to have a podcast, but you there was something that was always stopping you. The idea of urgency came from the book Big Magic by mm. um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. That's what she's more famous for. But Eat, Big Magic is amazing. I keep hearing and that, it, and I haven't read really? it yet. I'm killing oh my, my gosh. kicking you myself gotta, right now. Yeah, I gotta put read this it. one on the list because, in fact, <laughs> I, I really want to read it again. What came out of Big Magic for me was urgency, and in Big Magic, she talks about how in the world there are ideas, and when an idea comes to a person, and the person chooses, they're too busy, they don't have time, they don't know how to do a podcast, they've never written a book before, all the things that are stopping them. They choose that instead of saying, oh, wow, I guess it came to me because I'm supposed to do it. I've been called to have a podcast and to write a book. So the, so if it doesn't, if, if the person says no or resist, then it goes find somebody else. And that if the idea's time had come, then it will come. It's meant to come. And that urgency at that point in time made me feel like, well, the one thing I don't want to do is regret that I didn't write a book. Like if somebody else writes my book, I'm going to like go, well, I had that idea. And I know you've had this happen where you've had ideas. Sure. And, and then somebody, somebody does, does it. it. <sighs> and then you go, wow, that was my idea. And the whole idea, the other thing I want to share about this idea of being in the universe and having fruition, that when electricity was being invented, now it wasn't really invented, it existed, but when they discovered it, there were three men, there were the electricity wars of Tesla, Westinghouse, and Edison. Well, they all had different ideas or concepts about electricity. The point is, is if you just look back in history, okay, look at right now going to space, right? Who's doing it? Elon Musk. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the other Bezos and uh, Richard Branson, right? There's three people like all like going, this is the time. This is where we're supposed to be. So when you feel that calling, you know, that's what I would say. Listen to that. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, if, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the hero and heroine's journey. I like to talk more about the heroine's journey because I feel like we hear a lot of men hero stories or hero stories. But the heroine's journey is this calling. It's this call to adventure, calling to contribution, calling to creativity, calling to um, everybody's got a unique one. So I can't come up with all of them. But whatever your calling is, if you're hearing it, and you're resisting it, this is this message is for you, right? Because that is, I feel like, what leads to it living a meaningful life. And when people, and for me, like you said, I was successful and happily married and children were doing well. And yet I felt like there was something more that it was mine to do. 
was mine. That's what excites me about your story, actually, because you you had success. You you had already proven yourself in the arena of business. Um, you you went back, and, and I love that you also your your background originally was commercial real estate, right? And mm-hmm. you found a way back to real estate via via the um, residential market because that suited your lifestyle, right? You found a way. You don't, and you don't, and you and you have this great proving ground of what you built with your business, and yet still there was a new calling for you for this book, right? And 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 then you put it off, put it off, put it off, and then the, the epiphany happens, and you stepped into it, and that is what just excites me because it does, you know. I feel like we all have those little, those little voices talking to us back mm-hmm. there. And, and we do tend to push them, but push them back, push them back. You know, that it's the, what is it? One of my um, big epiphanies was reading Mel Robbins book, the five second rule. And, mm-hmm. and so much of her story resonated with me and where I was at that moment in time. And the idea that you, you know, you've got five seconds before that intuition that idea gets squashed by your lizard brain trying to protect you and saying, oh, no, I can't do that because this and this and this and this and boop, five seconds later, that thing is gone, you know? Um, so, and, and also the idea of getting up early, that was a huge part of my journey too. Uh, you know, and I, and I found, I know you connected with Hal Elrod at some point. Yes. Yes. I also started getting up an hour earlier because of Mel Robbins who led me to Hal Elrod. And I was also not a morning person at all and getting up early to, well, for me, it was like the, the meditating and the yoga every day. I just, I committed to it for 30 days and thought, okay, I can do anything for 30 days. Let's see what happens. What do I have to lose? You know? And it was a sea change for me and how I felt about myself, what I was capable of and having time to myself before my kids were up every morning to actually think about what I wanted. And, you know, that's a huge thing about the flip time love life. So you watched the the TEDx talk uh, that came out of that. I also presented to Hal Elrod's group, uh, the Quantum Leap Mastermind. Um, best year of a blueprint in December, 2019 before, you know, now Wait, let's go back a minute. Let's go back a minute. Yes. Cause we, cause I skipped over. I mentioned that you, you connected with Hal Elrod, but we yes. didn't talk about how you, how that happened, how so, that journey happened. Yeah. So I was on a podcast, a real estate related podcast. And I was talking about my book that was coming out and, and Pat Hyben, who is a uh, real estate rock stars at the time. Uh, he said, well, you should meet my friend, Hal Elrod, because he has this book, The Miracle Morning. And your book is designed, it, the real est- it's a real estate book. It's a business book, but it's designed like a daily reader, like a daily motivational, uh, because I found real estate agents are often a little bit um, shiny object squirrel syndrome, right? They need something different every day or they get bored. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to give it to them in the format though, that so they'll, over a year, they'll build this wealth of information. And so Pat's like, that's a great idea, but you should hook up with Hal and just kind of a comedy of errors. I uh, had an opportunity to 
hear him speak. And I knew the person who was organizing it. And I, I said, well, I really want to talk with Hal about my book. And she said, well, you should get here early. And I'm like, well, how early, right? I mean, he's a miracle morning guy. So I, I was there first um, <laughs> and met Hal. And and he immediately said, yes, you know, Pat Ivan, yes, I'll endorse your book. And he said, oh, here, why don't you sit here next to me and sign books with me? And why don't you come to my convention wow. in December? That's yeah. so generous, and, right? Um, it wow. was. And, and, and I have to say, when he asked me to the convention, my first reaction was, it's December in California. I don't have time. That was my initial reaction. <laughs> I stopped myself and I thought, here's a man who's been so generous with me already. I mean, just because of our connection with other people. And I was like, why am I denying myself in this opportunity and so I went and that was really such a game changer because I, the, the mastermind and the, you know, the events. And so he had uh, asked me to present. And so I was working on creating this TEDx talk as well. And the, when I was working with the coach, we, we were talking about the whole five minute success and how that idea came about. And I said, well, it came about because most people say they don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, do you have five minutes a day? And everybody did. I'm like, okay, well, then just do it five minutes. I mean, it's kind of a Mel Robbins idea, but it's just like to break down the resistance. Right. And that led to the uh, me sharing with this coach the idea that many people put off doing meaningful work or anything that's meaningful to them, if it's yoga or meditation or whatever it is that, feeds your soul, right? So the idea of the the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is what came up. And you probably remember the pyramid, right? Where you start mm -hmm. at the bottom of the pyramid is this basic physical needs. And if you think back to the early days of the pandemic, what was most people's focus was toilet paper, right? I mean, you just don't get more basic than that. <laughs> right. And this is a human nature. This is what our, we're, you know, our lizard brain, right? Then the next level is the security safety needs, which again has been very, very evident throughout the pandemic. And then you have the self, the um, self-esteem needs, the relational needs, and then you have self-actualization. That he he put it at the top of the pyramid because it, it kind of has this, you know, belief system of you're working your way up, like you can't go up there without doing the bottom ones. Yeah, and I'm like, well, we should be doing how we should be living because <laughs> we're human beings. We're not human doings. What we should be living is flipping the pyramid, mm. starting with self-actualization. And what I found, and I think you found as well in your life, is that life will become more meaningful. And as it becomes more meaningful, you will have greater self-esteem. Relationships will be better because you will feel more you know, in alignment with yourself. You will then be more secure successful and secure in yourself. There's nothing greater security, really, right? I mean, think about Victor Han um, Frankel and people from the, you know, all the way from concentration camps, they're like, the security is in yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not outside any right? I mean, there is not enough security in the world to overcome if you don't feel secure inside yourself. And then same with your needs being met, because what I thought would happen if I focused on self-actualization or meaningful work or whatever you, some people call it flow, some people call it your, you know, your journey or hero or heroine's journey, that I would not be successful any longer because I would be like 
zinned out all the time or something. I don't know. I mean, I would be like not, but that wasn't true. What it did was it made me a better me, right? I mean, I my business doubled. It didn't go down at all. I became better because I was more in tune with me instead of denying those parts of me and constantly pushing them, you know, away so that I was more living a life of regret and going, oh, you know, I never have time to do the things I want to do. Um, so that is where the flip time love life idea came. And then that book came out of that talk uh, because I had so many people come up to me and go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You should write a book. <laughs> and that took around, I was like, yes, you're right. I should. And I just did it. I didn't like stop and resist or anything. Um, so, it, and I wrote it like a, a story because people relate more to stories, you know, often than they do yes. um, instructional type material. And I, I wanted it to be a woman's story uh, that it has aspects of me, but it has every woman, every, every person who's gone through these a lot of what we've talked about, like you've gone through and others of your guests. And I'm like, okay, so what, what, you know, what worked for them? What helped them flip it? What helped them flip it? I try to just the whole work-life balance and all that. I'm like, well, that doesn't, if you think about work-life balance, you're like, well, if life is up, then that mean works down and works up and life's down. That doesn't, who wants that for their life? You want to live a full, everything in your life full, right? Yeah. So how do you, how do you obtain that? And that is where you really, where you flip it and you put those things first, like getting up early and meditating first and yoga first, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's, you said, been a game if I don't do it, then it doesn't happen. It gets yes, lost in the sauce the, that you start, the, you start putting out the fires of the day. Yeah. And before you know it, the day's over and yeah. there, there it goes. It's gone. And there it goes. And you're like, and, and the thing is, I've discovered as well, and I think I'm hearing this in your voice and in your story, the energy you gain by that investment in yourself, you're more capable of contributing more, creating more than you, you would be if you denied yourself it. You see, that's the thing that I think that often women look at that as being selfish. And that's kind right. of part of my, a lot of my talk was I did too. I was raised that you're supposed to put other people first and their needs and their, and what I found is I am most able to have an impact when my cup is full, right? I, I mean, then I'm overflowing from it instead of coming out of my lack and my, my own need, I'm more able to do, uh, to, to give and serve. It's and like a contribute. conundrum, isn't it? It is, isn't it? but you have to do it first. <laughs> right, right. And it's, um, oh, I lost the thread on what I was thinking, but so, it, yeah, my head's kind of going, <laughs> exploding. <laughs> I, I'm so glad that you talked about starting with self-actualization because when you said that in your TED talk, that was just a major aha for me, I was like, yeah, that it's something that's been percolating around in my brain and you put words to it. And, 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 you know, I, I was, yes, yes, absolutely. Self-actualization. The, the, the visualize is to, to flip it because again, I, so much of is, you know, uh, to teach time management skills. I'm like, well, that is a misnomer because time is a creative thing. You know, it, it even 1500 years ago, Lazu said, uh, that time is a created thing. And, and if I, if I don't do it, 
when I say I do, then I don't really want to do it, right? So when you started at the very beginning and kind of beginning my story was I kept saying I wanted to do something and then I didn't do it. That's where the 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 gap or what I would say to your community is, you know, start there and say, okay, well, why am I stopping? Why am I stopping myself? Mm-hmm. And then if people are like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I can't start with writing a book or start with, you know, having a podcast or whatever. Sure. I would just say, start, start small and build up. That's a proven method of habit formation. So literally like, it's kind of like the five second rule of the five, four, three, two, one, or do it for five minutes. Just start right. doing it. Because when you start, as you discovered, you'll start to experience the benefits of it. And as you experience the benefits of it, then you will have the energy to be able to do more. Many people start too big and then they get discouraged or something happens. It's like starting an exercise program and going like just, just diving into it. And before you know it, you've injured yourself and you're like, Whoa, my gosh, why did I, you know, I can't do this. I can't do, you know, I do it again. The other people around you. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh my God, there goes Karen again. She's on one of her, you know, storms. Um, It really is baby steps, isn't it? It is. It really is. It is that five, four, three, two, one, just break through, have that breakthrough for you. And then you'll start to see what is next and you'll start to see the benefits and focus on that, right? So, because what we focus on expands. So if you experience the benefits of Venmo, then start focusing on that, right? (laughs) Or you experience the benefits of yogurt, the benefits of, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be meaningful for you. And then you'll start to see, you know, it's kind of like that tangled thread, right? You'll start to see, okay, when I pull here, then this opens up. And I pull here, this opens up. And so, so, so that's what I have found for many people has yeah. the most impact. This is like all it's, it's, it's bubbling up with some, some questions for me about you, you were how old when you went back and when you started work, you, was it 50? Were, well, were you 50? I started um, in residential real estate. I started part-time in my early 40s, I didn't start working full time uh-huh. until 50 when my son left for college. So yeah, that was a big game changer. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel that age plays into any of this story? You know, because that as I've been doing this podcast over over the last year, I've been thinking more and more about the idea that we all have been buying into, we've been told a story about aging and we, and, and that, that, that I bought into it for quite a while, especially through my forties, forties were a tough decade for me. Uh, I, I was physically not feeling good, stressed, um, didn't know who I was. It it was just like a whole, a whole hot mess of, of things. Um, and I think a certain part of that is because I, bought into the idea that as I was aging, that, that my body was going to start breaking down, that things were, you know, that it was just natural, the slowdown, the, um, the resignation about who you've been in the past is just who you are. And that there's no changing that. Um, I wonder how much did, did you essentially change when you, when you went back to work, did something, did you change before you went back to work? Did you see a, a change in yourself as you started to dig in and have some success? Like what, 
where did it all fit in for you? And where do you see yourself going from here as you age? Wow, there's a lot so of questions there. in there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of questions there, but I'm going to, I'm going to focus on what I found was success led to more success, which was very empowering for me up until then I had felt like I had, um, you know, not taken full advantage of my degrees, not that that was necessary, but I did, I did um, feel like I am more naturally have a bent for business. And, and I thought I had lost that opportunity by taking all those years out. So Mm -hmm. as I met with success, then that is when I was like, oh, well, I can do this. And that did lead to confidence. And then the confidence was what really, has enabled me to, to achieve a lot with a lot of, still have a lot of limiting beliefs and but I've done a lot of work. I didn't really start doing the work, if you will, until I was about 55, when I realized that is oftentimes people, you know, when they cross over the fifties are like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm just going to keep doing this. And I was like, I, that's when I started feeling like there must be more and there must be a calling. And that led me on, on that journey to write the book, to do the coaching and write the book. And, and that has led me on to the, you know, it's the Dr. Seuss book, all the places they will go. I didn't even know about these places <laughs> until I collect podcasts. I didn't even know no podcasting existed until all of a sudden I was on podcasts and I'm going, oh, I can have a podcast. Um, the One other story we tell ourselves, and you mentioned about the health and fitness. I was raised in a family where we really weren't athletes, right? We were like on teams and we, I mean, I ride a bike and I can swim and I, you know, can do some basic things, but never at a high level. And so when I was 59, uh, my son and friends talked me to do it as sprint triathlon. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. I can do that. You know, it's kind of like back to, okay, Venmo, you know? So I started, I, I ride a bike pretty regularly and I upped my walking, running, I say running loosely. Um, <laughs> and then I went to the local pool and started swimming laps. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I, I think I'll finish. Right. I mean, I, I'm not going to like embarrass myself. And we kind of like through a comedy of things that happened weather-wise the one I was supposed to do with them canceled and I'm like oh my gosh I've done all this work uh, yeah <laughs> at least try it right so I um my husband encouraged me to sign up for another one which I did and we went to it really with no understanding at all how to do a triathlon I mean I've never been to one I didn't even know there was you know places where you you, you know you have transition stations and you have to line everything up most people they don't change clothes in between. I'm like, you don't change clothes. Like you wear a wet swimsuit while you're biking and running. I don't understand this. And so I actually changed clothes. And so I lost a bunch of time. Um, but when I finished, I found out afterwards that I came in the fastest for my age group for the novice category. And having changed and clothes. Like, oh my God. Yeah, you lost all the time. And it just absolutely blew me away. I totally changed the way I looked at me. Yeah. Because before I kept telling the story that I wasn't an athlete, I'm like, well, I guess I'm an athlete. I mean, I just did it, right? So what, now that makes me an athlete. And so my son's friend said, oh, well, so you kind of think this is, uh, you're going to do this again? I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the crazy person that does 80 by the time I turn 80. 
And then that stock, and so I have the 80 by 80 movement, which uh, you could go on the website and log in. So what I wanted it to be was, you know, the athletic events, they all have a logging system. So you can track those pretty easily. But I was like, yeah, but I hiked Machu Picchu with my son at 60. I think there. that was a pretty big deal. So I was like, okay, I want people to have a place where they can put events or life movement related. That's why it's called movement. But um, so the, the idea though, that I want to really share with your community is kind of like what you said, I got a new identity because I, I changed the way I looked at myself and I took the action. And I would just say that I think anybody can do that at any point. And, you know, it's going to back to where we began. I was like, you know, we'll start today. I mean, if I can do it, you can too. It, it, whatever is stopping you, you can choose to change the way you look at it. Yeah. And I <laughs> and, love and, that you say that it, that, you know, you talked about confidence because one of the things that, um, well, it started when with, again, with Mel Robbins, who I took a lot from um, the idea that confidence comes not, it's not something that you just naturally have. Confidence comes from the doing and the experiencing and, and that you had some success that gave you confidence. And then you, you build on that, but you got to start with the doing. And I think that's what the morning routine did for me was it showed me that I could um, get some self-discipline going in my life, that I could, no matter how I was feeling, get up every morning. That just had a spillover effect into the rest of my life that, um, it, right? And it often does. And that's why the whole idea of the flipping and doing the self-actualization first, because that's what you've experienced and many other people do as well. It's why the miracle morning routine sets the day because you're choosing how your day is going to go. Right. And you're building what you're doing is also creating energy because it's really energy. It's not time that is the currency of high performance. If you think Mm. about it, because everybody has the same amount of time. So why do some people accomplish the things that they do and other people don't it's because of, you know, their, their ability to manage their energy. Yeah. And the you know, that brings me back. Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but no, no, no. it's why the miracle morning is so impactful. Yeah. Yeah. It brings me back to when you said, um, you started doing the work late and I I wanted to know what, what what is the work? Well, I mean, if you listen to Byron Katie, she calls it the work, but if you're Uh not into that level of woo woo, just the idea of taking the time to really understand what my calling is and to put it into practice and to practice it and practice it and practice it. Right. I mean, it's, I don't think that's the other thing I love about the idea of the hero and heroine's journey is it's circular. It's not a one and done. I, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my, what I was raised to believe is like, you get your college degree. Okay. You're done there. You get a master's degree. Okay. You're done there. Okay. You had your two, you got married. You did that. You have two kids. You did that like accomplishment oriented. And if you live like that, then I find that you, what often happens is you just don't feel a sense of fulfillment because you're like, okay, well, I've been there, done that. I mean, what's next? Whereas if you look at life as a journey and you're getting to discover all these new things, exciting things, you know, all the places you can go and the things you can do and the people you can meet, then it's, it's not, it, it, it's very much more, um, uh, meaningful. And, and that I think is what 
makes people want to get up in the morning, right? I think that what happens to many people in, in careers, if they don't feel fulfilled and then they're like, oh, this is just a drag. I'm just going to get to retirement and then I'm just going to not do anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I just got started. I mean, but well, a lot of my friends are like, yeah, I'm figuring out how to get out of work. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much more to do still. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is just that flipping the way you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. You made me think too of, um, in talking about how it's not one and done, uh, Simon Sinek's work around the infinite game, that idea of it not being a finite game. Like you, you don't win at education. You don't win at life. It it is an ongoing journey, you know, and to, to play it as a game, uh, turns it, the idea, I love the idea of it being a game because it, it makes it uh, more exciting. It makes it, it does. It really fun. does. It does. And it makes you want to get up and go, okay, today, you know, it's another grand adventure, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of people have been in situations or careers or professions uh, that it's just like every day is a burden. And, and there right. are certainly challenging things in life. I am not discounting whatsoever what some people may be going through right now. Sure. Uh, the thing is, is that there there is something about it, though, that as Hallow Rob would say, you can learn, grow, become better than before. And the challenges that I've had in my life, those were the opportunities. They really did. I mean, you know, they turned out to be really what led to the most growth back to yeah, absolutely, right? Like you, you, I found that, the things that seemed so shattering to me at a certain point, that 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 is where I have found growth and and strength and 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 learned that oh wow I could get through that that yeah. you know that yeah it's I mean really true it, right? it is really true and I mean even uh, so not to discount what anybody's going through I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm just saying that Mm -hmm. uh, there is something there that could be what will be, um, help you find a meaningful life for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I love it. So, so you, you've got so much going on. Yes. I have a full life. (laughs) You do have a full life. What, what are you most excited about coming up soon? Wow. Well, you know, it's, it, life is, is, uh, definitely, um, I, I think that there's cycles to it too. Mm-hmm. And I'm right now, I am, um, taking a little bit of a pause, uh, because what I feel like I've done the last five years is just go, 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 go. I wrote four books and start a podcast, the guest on other podcasts, plus, you know, our team sells like $180 of real estate a year. So it's not like I don't, I sit around and twiddle my thumbs, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the the next, my next is. And so I want to leave that space so that I can hear it because I am the kind of person, I'm I'm pretty much a driver type of personality. I just drive into the next thing. So, um, so stay tuned. (laughs) I love that answer. I love that answer. Seriously. Cause I think we do. I'm, I'm like you, uh, tend to 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 grind to to drive through. And in fact, I just got back from taking off three weeks. And um, by the time this airs, it will be much much later, much past it. But I'm getting ready to start the season two of the podcast, and I have been a little 
a little weird, a little off kilter in coming back and not knowing how to get back in. And I, I really had to give myself at least a couple of days to, to just be okay with that. Um, and I love that, you know, I have another friend who had a podcast who just stepped back from it at a certain point. She realized that she needed to step back and give herself that time and grace to see what's next, you know, particularly since it's not in my character. This is like harder for me. I mean, some people are like, you know, I don't understand why it'd be harder to take a pause. I'm like, it is really hard for me to take a pause, but I do feel like there's, I know there's more for me to do. I just am not at this juncture ready to share what it is. So again, it's very exciting to, I'm I'm waiting for it to come to me. I kind of like that big magic and I want to be able to hear it and be ready for it. And if I start on other things, I could get distracted and uh, which is very, again, my nature. (laughs) So I, I, appreciate the opportunity to share that because I think that our society often feels like there is this perception that if you're not always do, 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 and, you know, there is a a place for, you know, being, and uh, right now I'm, I'm in my being place. I love that. You know, and and it's making me think back to something you said where, where we, we, we wear busyness as a badge of honor, um, that came up and I'm certainly in that, in that whole thing, you know, uh, I, 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 tr- I really try these days to, when somebody asks me how I am to, to not answer with busy, um, you know, I'm so busy. Uh, but wh- where was I going with this? That you, oh, you talked in, in one of your podcasts about the idea of, when you're, when you're looking at your 12 month calendar, I think it was that you look at the things that you want to put in there that are important to you. Right. Oh yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this? I'm I'm not doing a good job of, of explaining it. So I'll let you. Well, you're in the service industry. I mean, you am sure have experienced that when a customer calls, right. I mean, they Mm -hmm. customer service oriented, people. And, and what I found is, is that if I wait until there's time to do it, then there's just not going to be right. And for time for, so yes, at the beginning of every year, uh, in fact, we're already planning 2022. Now, you know, obviously things are a little bit fluid because we're still in the middle of a pandemic, but Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's not, you know, a broad travel or it's still time uh, dedicated to being with family and being, um, but also personal growth and business development to put those things. It's kind of back to what I said, you know, you put those things in first and then everything else has a way of filling up. It's, it's true. I'm sure you remember the, it's shown so many times of the, you know, the jar where you, if you put the sand in first, then you try to put the pebbles in and then the rocks, it's not going to fit. But if you put the big rocks in first and then you put the pebbles in, then you put the sand in. And the thing is, for those women and people who struggle with putting themselves first or putting the those things first, uh, m- most really highly successful people do. And the reason why they do is that is where they get the energy to be able to do the rest. What our society often seems to advocate is, you know, the, the go out, go, go, go and take a burnout. So yeah. uh, 
It, so are you 12. putting this time for yourself on your calendar? Did, did you do that? I, I am in a, in a way of, I'm, I'm a more of an activity blocker than a time blocker. I do use the 12 week year, like in planning and it's very valuable uh, to think about, you know, life in the, you know, kind of in a three month increment because uh, it's, it's just a more manageable time frame Most people can focus on. I block the activities mm-hmm. and rather than the time, because back to my old thing, I've got to become a little bit of a time guru. It's not really time um, because that's created things. So to put the activities in first, like how you put meditation, right? So yeah. meditation is an activity. I put the activities in uh, that are going to be in the most meaningful for me and the most energizing. And then from there, then I, I activity block the business generating activities and the, you know, building of the the team activities. And obviously there's still business that happens in between those two things. So, uh, and, and I have a wonderful team. So I'm very blessed that I've grown a team. I have a business partner that works closely with me for 12 years. So, but all of that, it has has happened over time, right? I mean, it didn't just happen overnight, but it was the intentionality of it because very early on, I saw the burnout of my profession. And I'm sure you've seen it as well, the burnout and, you, you know, like the photography business in the heavy service businesses, there's heavy burnout. And the reason why is because it's kind of an on-call thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're going when the customer wants you and needs you. And that, and I thrive on that. I absolutely thrive on it. But the uh, the other side of that, what happens is if you do that over and over and over again, uh, it's hard hard to sustain that level it of is. commitment and energy. Yeah. So to build it in, though, you're going to sustain your success longer um, because the, that's why some people are like, well, you know, you would know in the music industry is one hit wonders. They, they cannot do it again because they just don't have that staying power, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I am so hope I I, I kind of want to touch base with you again further yeah, down the line. Let's do this, okay? Because uh, I want I want to yeah. hear how this how this stepping back goes for you and and where it where it goes. I'm like, what's the next chapter? I want to know. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I haven't actually. I, I would like call it a step back. I would say it's just a pause of not starting any new ventures, which is like my my. Gotcha. Pattern, so you're right? going to keep going with what you have, but not adding on. Yes. I gotcha. Yes. And yeah. in that pause, then I'm evaluating. Okay. So does that mean this continues or does that mean this maybe changes? Um, because there's a book called Subtract. I think that's what it's called. And if you think about um, a lot of our life, we live it by adding. But a lot of what is good when we take away like it is what really gives us the space to live more fully um it's not the adding it's what we take away that gives us more space um so i i really being been mindful of that um and so it, in terms of where my next is <laughs> i find this to be very exciting because i i know there's more for me and i'm looking forward to it and yes absolutely i would love to stay in touch awesome awesome thank thank you so much for for being here with me today and for sharing your story and all of your um your wisdom your your wealth of well, uh you know 
experience and everything that, that you know, I'm just like, oh, I've, I've, you've given me energy to, to keep moving forward with, with what I'm doing. So thank you for well, that. And, and me as well. And I just like to share with your community is I've said a couple of times, if I could do it, you can too. So and I will have links and show notes for people to find you. And um, where, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you or to find you? For the books and the podcast, you can find me at five minute success. And that's the number five minute success. That's on social media with your Facebook, Instagram, that type of thing. And then for the real estate side, I have a team in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. region. If I can help you with your real estate needs, happy to do that. And I also have a coaching program and I offer a 30-minute no obligation session with me that you can access on the website, set up a, a complimentary call. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you again. And I can't wait to talk to you again in the future. Well, there you have it. I love that when I asked Karen what she's excited about that's coming up next, she said she's looking forward to taking some time to think about what's next. And that doesn't mean, of course, that she's stopping her current activities, but she's not taking on something new without a personal check-in. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to take on more and more until I feel like my head is going to pop off my body. I've often found in my photography work that slowing down enables me to speed up. And what I mean by that is I make more mistakes when I'm on a photography job and I feel pressed for time. If I don't slow down and make sure to double check my camera settings, I often find that I've accidentally pressed a button on the camera that messes up the exposure or that the light has changed significantly and I need to adjust my camera settings. It requires stopping, breathing, checking my settings, and then moving into the next shot. Now I just need to apply that lesson to the rest of my life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's my challenge going into this holiday season. I hope you'll, you'll take on that challenge with me. So hey, if you want to know more about Karen Briscoe and her 5-Minute Success Concept, I will have that information for you in the show notes. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 71. And hey, if you follow me on Instagram and if you had an aha moment today, please take a moment to let me know about it on the post for today's episode. I'd love to hear what's going on in your world. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.